Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. I am Jacob Foltz. Yeah, get that full name <laughs> qualification in there. <laughs> I like how you've changed it up like every week. <laughs> I, I got, it's got to feel fresh. It's got to feel fresh. <laughs> One of these days, I'm just going to change mine up, and you guys are not going to know what to do at all. <laughs> it's just <What>? a freeze, <laughs> freeze moment. <laughs> Byron will just explode. I'm just going to be like, I'm your host, Byron. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be like, this is Keith. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, I have, to, I have to be Jacob. <laughs> you have to be Jacob. Damn it. Uh, all right. So our main topic this week is anime part two, because we just wanted to watch some more anime. Uh, so our first film is Jinro, The Wolf Brigade, released in 1999. A traumatized member of an elite paramilitary police force falls for the sister of a female terrorist courier who died in front of him while on duty. Uh, also, apologize for my voice allergies. Freaking are destroying my nose. So, uh, see, Jinro was written by Mamaru Oishi E, and it was directed by Hiroyuki Okiura. And it stars Yoshikazu Fujiki, Sumi Muto, Hiroyuki Kenosha, uh, Yukio Hiroda, and Yukihiro Yoshida. Um,. And if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, or pretty close to it, you will recognize the name Mamaru Oishii, because he is the writer-director of Ghost in the Shell. So, coming back around. Um, And then he also directed the two live-action, I guess they're prequels to Jinro. He he basically wrote the manga saga directed two live action movies based off of that and then wrote this one and it was directed by someone else that make if that makes sense um and yeah the two movies the first one takes place and then the second one is like a prequel to the first one and then i think jin ro is like a continuation it's like after you know like years after or whatever uh our second film is neon genesis evangelion i don't like the way they say that I'm just going to say Evangelion sounds better. Uh, <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion Death and Rebirth, released in 1997. Um, oh, shoot, I forgot to write that down. Uh, recap of the first 24 episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion, followed by a 30-minute continuation of the plot that would later form the first third of the end of Evangelion. Um, and I forgot to write down the credits, so give me one second to pull those up. Dead air, dead air. Say something. Save <laughs> us oh, from um, the awkwardness. Right. Just kidding. Right. Uh, Jinro is spelled J I N R O H colon the Wolf Brigade. The Wolf Brigade. T H E. All right. W. So uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion Death and Rebirth was written by Hideaki Ano and Akio Satsukawa. And it was directed by. Uh, Hideaki Ano, Masayuki, and Kaza, Kazuya Suramaki. So there's each there's a senior director, and then people who did each segment, kind of. Um, and I guess he kind of just bridged the gap. Uh, it stars Megumi Ogata, uh, Megumi Hayashibara, uh, Yuko Miyamura, Kotono Mitsuishi. Sorry, I'm trying to look at the characters to make sure they're even relevant. Uh, Fumihiko Tachiki. 
And I'm just going to say Yuriko Yamaguchi because <laughs> the list gets long. I honestly can't remember. Like, it was super hard to know in that movie who the hell was who. Mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. me a while to figure out the names. Um, so, I don't know. It's kind of for whatever. For both movies, for me, it was tough. Jinro, Jinro is confusing because there's a lot of, like, this organization and this organization mm-hmm. and this organization yeah, yeah. headed by this guy, this guy, and this guy. And they interchange those two things as if they're the same. And then you have the main guy. The, the little girl blows himself up. The, the chick that he likes. Like, yeah. holy I shit, I feel like dude. it demands a second viewing. Certainly. To get the full. 100%. You know, even to get the full plot. Because there's a lot of, like, mini plots yeah. and twists. And, mm-hmm. and people... Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with uh, Neon Genesis, it's just... I don't know if you could follow it without watching the series at all. You, you know, like, I don't think a second viewing would actually, like, no. help. No, But I, I think a second viewing of Jinro would would definitely help if you could yeah. follow it. Yeah, definitely. and spoiler, Jinro is... You're going to want to watch it again. Yeah. It's really good, so... It's super good. Yeah. Um, all right, so... I guess I got some stuff kind of more focused around the supercuts, the idea of supercutting, um, and then talking about Jinro in relation to live action. So I don't know. We can start with your history, yeah, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, why don't we just because it's it's pretty brief, and I, I think it's interesting to look at because uh, so what what I got here is is some history of other types of Asian animation. And just kind of how they started and basically how they ended and how anime took over. <laughs> um, okay. And Sweet. and how, like, what el- what other Asian countries are doing, um, you know, in, in relation to the animated market. Uh, so I'll just hop right in uh, Do it. real quick. And I, I, I think it's important to look at this just because anime has kind of taken over as the main, uh, like, adult animation art form. Like, you still have these other styles, but it's it all just kind of eventually looks like anime anyway yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean because <laughs> um, there's something there's something about the computer generated like 3d things that just doesn't quite work as well f- for the adult themes and the adult models and i'm not i'm not really sure why that is it might just be something innate in in humanity but okay so anyway so the first thing i wanted to mention was dong huay Dong Hua, I'm probably saying that wrong, uh, just so you know. And that's uh, Chinese animation. Uh, and what makes this kind of special and different than, than anime is that uh, first, when, when, they, when they started it in the 1920s, these two guys called the Wan Brothers, they, they wanted to basically make like a distinct Chinese style for their animation and not copy what other people were doing. So they basically, they created the animation as a as an extension of various types of Chinese art. Uh, and so okay. they drew on like ancient folklore, but it was essentially like, if you look at David Lynch's first short film, it's kind of more like that where it's like animating like art. And then it became like animating characters in that art, um, which is why you get a lot of like the monkey King stuff. Cause, cause that's oh, like a huge, right. like Chinese, like, like all their animated movies are like the monkey King basically. Um, that's totally generalizing, but it's kind of true. Um, <laughs> but then they, they had this other style uh, called ink wash animation or shumo animation, and that was created in the 60s. And uh, only a few films have this style to them, but it's kind of like uh, what you'd, you know, what a 
regular ink wash like painting would look like, but it, they do it in the animation style with with modern animation. And there's only like three movies that are like of note, oh, and weird. I feel like it, it'd be really cool to do an episode on these movies because they look really awesome. They look what's, really. What cool. are the movies? Oh, uh, if or you what's just the look, style? I guess uh, ink ink wash ink wash animation. Uh, you could just Google Chinese ink wash animation. And I'm sure the like three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. they look really freaking rad. Um, and then in the '90s, all this went away because they wanted cheaper forms of animation, which is kind of what anime is to to a degree, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, the Chinese animation obviously targeted children uh, f- uh, mostly, and then they started doing a bunch of other stuff, and then eventually they landed in anime land. And uh, from 2006, the Chinese government started doing, uh, they, they started kind of doing this greater push to uh, give their nation a new identity and de- develop culture uh, for China. So they're, I guess they're starting to do a bunch of different stuff. Um, and also to note that Chinese has a uh, broadcast standards that are created and held by the government. So that a lot of these like, newer Chinese movies are um, have to be uh, valued by the government or uh, the artistic quality of the movies has to like pass the government like surveillance. Mm, right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically that. And so, yeah, it just kind of turned into anime in China. And I, it'd be cool if there was like a revival of the ink wash or of, of the older style, but still like cartoon shows over there like have the the kind of more traditional like Dong Hui style. The only other one of note is Ani, which is Korean, and it also is children's stuff. Um, and it really only took off in like the 2000s. And it's mostly just characters with large heads. So if you... <laughs> I'm sure every everyone in, <laughs> in Washington had a, you know, like a group of, of Asian, like an Asian clique you know, in their high school. And there's like little keychains of characters with, with large heads, kind of like uh, of the hello kitty kind of design. That's a big thing in, in Korea and it's called Ani. Um, but then there's also exceptions to Ani because Ani is technically just Korean animation. Uh, but they also have some with an anime aesthetic like soul station, which is a 2016 zombie movie. And Dino King, which is a 3D computer-generated epic adventure drama about dinosaurs. Um, so really, wow. it's it's there's no like perfect way, and like depending on who you talk to, I think they're gonna say there's different style. You know, they're gonna say Ani is this and Ani is that, and really, I think the important thing is that te- from a technical standpoint, anime is Japanese, Ani is Korean. And Dong Dong Hui or Dong Hua, I'm not sure how to say it, is Chinese, but some of those have like their own artistic differences within that, uh, which, which is to note. And then other it's... other countries nowadays are um, like uh, Vietnamese animation is is they're making like eight to ten little movies every year. Uh, some of those are still traditionally drawn, but a lot of countries like Thai, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, Taiwan, and Bangladesh are ever since the 2000s hit with this 3d computer graphics like animation style they've just started making movies and they're they're all like these kind of not super great looking 
3D like animated computer right movies, and it's just, it, and I think it's we're just spoiled by the great 3D animation that's out here now, like you know from fucking Pixar. Uh, so it's kind of hard to compete. Um, and then of course you have you know all the anime that is called Western anime, which is just things that are anime but are like not made in japan <laughs> i would you know? say like avatar the last airbender like the last airbender yeah exactly totally that um so yeah it's just kind of it's kind of weird how anime just kind of steamrolled in and took over and there's still like all these 3d kind of animated computer uh graphic generated movies but so i have uh, i have everything else just kind of died out I'm curious. I'm going to play this pronunciation of that word. Dongwa. 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 Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it kind of sounds like it's Dongwa. Dongwa. Yeah. I think there's probably, there's probably a correct way to pronounce it. I went through that same thing you're going through, Keith, before this podcast, and they were all just like slightly different. So yeah. I just I just decided I'm just going to read it how I'm going to read it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's sick. I mean, obviously, you know, the access to the tools needed to create animation, because obviously you can hand draw everything that's going to take you forever. Um, that's why Disney had like armies of women who would like in the early days, (laughs) army of women who would draw every little frame for them. Um, but like the access to like computer generated animation, like, I mean, you could pay 60 bucks a month to Adobe and have a full suite of software that you could make an entire animated movie on. Yeah. You know? Um, In fact, Jacob's going to do that for us, so... Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the first <laughs> back-to-back. I'm going to adapt all of our episodes into one uh, feature-length movie. One supercut of all using, the episodes. Yeah, it'll be a, a supercut. <laughs> using, using all of our pitches, too? Yeah, all of the pitches. Um, <laughs> I'll exclude Byron and Keith from... The movie. It's going to be like a hundred hour. It's going to be like a hundred hour movie. Oh no, yeah. dude! No, 70, it'll be seventy good. minutes, and it's just chop, 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 chop. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll superimpose like text over the top, yeah. and then it'll flash it so fast that you can't actually you can't, read it. You don't even you can't even read it. Doesn't he's, matter. And he's going to do it for free too. So that's the best oh, yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, for freedom, slave labor. Did you say for free or for freedom? For free. I'm doing it for both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sick. So, do you want to hold off on the rotoscoping stuff, or do you want to? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we could just jump into that okay. real quick, I guess. So, for Jin Ro, there was a uh, controversy over whether some of the scenes were rotoscoped. Um, what is rotoscoping, Jacob? What is rotoscoping? So, rotoscoping <laughs> is uh, it's essentially tracing. You know that that's that's essentially what it is. Uh, so you can kind of see rotoscoping in the history of animation as like, okay, so you film something in live action, then you kind of trace over it. Uh, a lot of films kind of use this technique. Uh, I think the good, I'm not sure if like the good, the bad and the ugly opening sequences use rotoscope, but that's kind of the traditional look of it. It's like a silhouette um, kind of style. Uh, and then later they, oh, okay. started, they, they created this other kind of, visual aesthetic called um interloped rotoscoping and it's essentially you you kind of rotoscope the live action footage and uh you kind of trace over it and then it 
automatically like creates intermediate frames for you so you can create extremely smooth animation uh so that's a technique that was used in a scanner darkly the richard linklater movie Oh, that one's so sick! One. Oh yeah, that movie's oh, yeah. sick. That, yeah, that, so, that, that movie's great. Yeah. So that was one of the first like uh, in, in interpolated rotoscoping movies, um, and you could you could also like freeze layers. So it's like this program where you like you film it and then you can like layer over uh, the the animation and choose like what you want to freeze and what you want to be to have that like slight jitter that you get right. from from it. Uh, and there's obviously other effects you can kind of throw on but that's that's essentially what what rotoscoping is and what it is today and the director of Jinro was like no I didn't do any of that (laughs) that's kind of a I I think for a lot of these guys these animation guys uh, the saying like hey you just traced that is kind of an insult to totally the, the animators so you know that's kind of that's kind of a no, don't do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. No, it's, I mean, they, they take pride in what they do, and especially in, like, culture like that, where, like, pride is kind of at the tip-top of everything you do, like, yeah, you know, you never want to be offended. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty... I mean, I, I, I guess we won't really know. I kind of hope that they didn't cut the corners and that it is true, you know what I mean? Like, that they did just hand draw it and the director is not lying um, <laughs> yeah i so mean i'm happens, i'm 50 50 you know like i don't really i don't really care <laughs> how they how they get there all i care about is what the end result looks like well, rotoscoping with, does look different than animation i agree you know? uh with you and just saying like if you're gonna make the claim you just hope the claim is true like, I don't right. care if they did, but if he's claiming that they didn't, then I just hope that it's, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because, like, someone who paints a photorealistic f- picture, that's hella impressive. But someone mm-hmm. who just takes a photo, that's and that's not impressive as much. But if they claim that they painted it, then that's, like, you're totally lying about yeah. the yeah. technique and the, the skill and the, the patience. and Or, the, yeah, like, they took the photo and then painted over it. Yeah, and paint it over. Yeah. <laughs> or that too, yeah. I just like to use the filter in Photoshop, turns it into a painting, and then just call it a painting. <laughs> Dude, I've yeah. seen people try and pass those off on Facebook. So ridiculous. So seriously, like, oh, I spent 12 hours doing this. On. It's like, uh, dude, I can tell which fucking app you use because you could barely you barely cropped the little tag yeah. at the bottom off. Yeah. <laughs> the like, watermark's still on yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, fucking A. <laughs> But that's where, like, like a scanner darkly, like, I like that they did the rotoscoping style. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it really, like, aids the, the movie really well. Yeah. It, I mean, that, it, it was it, perfect Because, like, movie. yeah, most so, so much of that movie is, like, them tripping and yeah. hallucinating. Like, what yeah. better way to do that than some crazy-ass rotoscope? And like, there's no other movie that looks like that movie. Yeah, it's entirely unique. Yeah. yeah. Six. So, I got... I guess just some, like, questions here to kind of kick off some discussion. So just staying on the topic of Jinro. um, So like I mentioned before, there were two live-action films that were based on this Kerberos uh, saga called The Red Spectacle and... uh, I can't remember what the other one is. The Red Spectacle and something else. Uh, Stray Dog. Stray Dog something something. uh, Stray Dog Panzer... Panzer Cops, something Panzer Cops. Kerberos like- Panzer Cops. There you go, Kerberos Panzer Cops. Um, 
And there's a scene in the pans in the stray dog one that's like almost exactly the same as the tunnel scene in Jinro, like oh, at the end, cool. where he's just like he's walking through some like abandoned building, and there's like all these dudes with white painted faces, and they're all running around with guns, and he's just got his fucking huge ass, you know, M60 or whatever. Have, have the you, fuck. So you've seen it? No, I just saw oh, the okay. I saw oh, the cool. yeah. There's like a cut of that portion Sweet. of the film. Um, and there's even a shot where he they like shoot him and he's like hunkered down and like using his armor or whatever. It's almost exactly the same. Oh wow! Uh, so my question here though is, would Jin Ro have been better served live action instead of an anime, or do you think that the anime side of it actually benefited it? I'm fifty fifty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're two two on the fence, man. Come I- on, come down and make a. Give us a definitive decision. I don't know enough about anime, about animation to like say one or the other, uh, but I can say that something, a story like this can be told, I think, in live action and have the same, uh, have a similar effect. Yeah. Personally, I think it's better as an anime just because I know that if it had been filmed live action, it wouldn't have looked as big of like a budget it would have because it, it would have cost so much money to make that movie live action with all those period costumes and then all the futuristic part aspect of it too so it's like doing a period movie but also a futuristic movie yeah and like it, it'd just be i mean the way that they did the animation with the lighting and the mood of the of the movie it it would it would have just been a huge huge thing and i don't know if it would have been able to if anybody they could now but not in the 90s late 90s you know it just would it would be it would look dated probably you know what i mean whereas this it doesn't look dated the movie looks like it could have been made even three Mm -hmm. years ago Mm -hmm. um the animation was that good at least i felt and so i kind of i kind of kind of hope that it i think i think i'd probably prefer to just stay as an anime um but also the way it's cut and the way the director like f- had those like dreams or whatever too and yeah like worked so well with the animation because yeah you don't necessarily know right away that what you're seeing is happening or if it's like in the character's head which you can do well with live action but there's something about the animation that i really just i thought it did the story justice yeah, because I, I, I get the feeling that if it was made live action, they would like brighten it up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it wouldn't it, be it so just, somber. The mood would be gone. I think. I think so. There's too. something about what they did, and I can't put a finger on it that gives it that really cool feel. But it not quite. It doesn't even have like an anime feel to it, though. No, no. I, I, <laughs> it was it was definitely different. I, yeah. I think if you did this thing live action, I think. There's a lot of things you would not have in there, but you would you would do things that that had a, the similar feel. But I don't know if you could do some of the same uh, like metaphorical shots that mm-hmm. you had in this mm-hmm. movie. But I think you can still achieve the same kind of like pensive, like melancholic tone of of the the whole movie. And then obviously this is just like a tragedy at the end. Because right? there's that movie, um, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. That yeah. has that kind of like feel, and it looks really dated now, but it's so stylistic that it kind of still works, you know. Um, yeah. 
but I feel like that's probably what it would have kind of looked like. You know, probably. if this movie would would have been made live action, it would have looked kind of like that, kind of a combination. It's actually pretty you know. good. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel. But I felt like you know, like the you know the the cool costumes and the masks and the red eyes and stuff just do so well with the animation that I think it would look maybe a little corny if it was live action. I mean, it, it does look a little corny in the mm-hmm. other movies. Oh, okay. The yeah. live action, because they, cause they are the exact same. Yeah. Um, Does it, like, do they look, like, clunky, you know? Just look... I just... Yeah, I guess... I don't know if I'd call it clunky. It just looks cheesy yeah yeah i yeah. guess i don't know it kind of like, kind of like the power ranger movies yeah like, you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh I, i'm coming more from the side of like themes I, I, or? yeah because i because what i was thinking was i wondered if it was made live action let's say you made it shot for shot um with the same level of like intensity i feel like the the violent aspects of this movie and kind of the gory aspects if it was live action would have uh overshadowed everything else yeah and i think people wouldn't have been able to look past the violence and the whole like inciting incident of the little girl blowing herself up like i think if that was live i think a lot of people would have been turned off by it and so i think i mean i agree definitely that it would not have been better served as live action mainly because yeah they would fuck with the visuals they would fuck with the tone and it, there's parts of it that you'd have to change to just, like, not turn people away from it, like, right away. And, like, we didn't talk a lot about Perfect Blue in the last episode, but it's almost the opposite of Perfect Blue in the sense of Perfect Blue could be a great live-action movie. Yeah. Um, but yet it is extremely good as an animated movie, right. too. Whereas this hmm. one, I think it it it's almost opposite, where, like, there's... Uh, like it could be made into a live action movie, but it it wouldn't be as powerful. Whereas I think I, with a live action movie, you could even maybe get Perfect Blue to be even more powerful than the animated movie. Right. Yeah. I I think probably one of the, one of the biggest things, and this might just be an American audience thing, but having Jinro as live action, I, I feel like a lot of people would leave the theater. Like I like I feel like a lot saying, of people yeah. would kind of because this movie is criticized for being slow and it is kind of slow in parts but that slowness is tied to the characters yeah you you know so uh, you know if you hate it then that sucks but if you like it then awesome but um this movie starts out really big right huge set piece crazy civil war towns fighting each other really interesting visuals really crazy and then suddenly there's this moment where the you know the kid pulls the bag out in the grenade and then you realize oh this is going to be a PTSD-esque kind of movie mm-hmm. you know uh, and then it then the movie becomes very very small it becomes about as small as you can get with a movie mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot if, for a live action movie I don't know if that would work as well uh, because I think, I think so. there's an expectation to keep a consistent size and if you are going to change sizes uh, I mean, we kind of learned this with World War Z, right? The American uh, movie with Brad Pitt or whatever. Um, they started really big and then they ended really small and a lot of people responded negative, negatively to that. But some people really liked it. But in this movie, it kicks off really big and then, 
and then it's small for like the rest of the movie mm-hmm. and then it's like this weird secret operation i feel like that would maybe turn a lot of people off i think so too and then because like i f- also get the feeling that if it was live action the trailer would be like would chop it up and make it something that is completely not 100 you know? percent. i don't know yeah and a lot of movies do that where they trick you into thinking it's a comedy or trick you into thinking it's an action movie and then it ends up being about a relationship right of some kind you know and some movies do that better than others uh but <laughs> some movies really like fail at hiding that throughout the movie you know like pearl harbor you think it's about this event <laughs> and then it's just about this like kind of lame cheesy love story and exactly. it, it doesn't like hide the love story enough you know what I mean? Yeah. But Kate Beckinsale is super fucking hot, so I I forgive it. <laughs> yeah. No, is but, she um, in that movie? That yeah. Her? Yeah, she's oh. the love interest, yeah. Oh. No, I thought it was... Was it not a... Uh, I thought it was... What's her name? Liv Tyler or something. Liv Tyler? Or, no, that's Armageddon. Yeah, no, Kate Beckinsale Liv man, Tyler is, is Pearl Harbor. Trust me, man. I know my Kate Beckinsale movies. <laughs> I just watched I just watched Armageddon. That's totally It, it is Kate Beckinsale, yeah. <laughs> but, um... That was made by Michael Bay. That yeah, makes sense. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think genre has a lot to uh, has has a lot to do with it because, like, what would you guys consider genre as a like genre wise? I mean, because it is a pretty big mishmash of different genres. Yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of my favorite thing is when they mishmash because it's kind of this starts out as this kind of epic and then it turns into this like sad drama. Yeah, you know, and then it's obviously a tragedy. You know, I would say that end. its most, its biggest genre is probably thriller. I would say, and then drama. I mean, drama is kind of in everything, though. Right. I think, yeah, it's almost just like the the romance. Yeah. Like it's like a, it's like an anti romance or something. I feel like because it starts off so big and it ends, you know, with this more like. Cl- cl- a more I don't know, you've already stated you know more like a chamber piece of of, of emotion or something you know yeah. what i mean um yeah. that it would be harder to pull that off in a live action movie because everybody would they're gonna come into that movie and it's, there's all this like action and everything at the beginning and they're gonna want more of that in the at the end mm-hmm. i think that just kind of goes with like live action movies unfortunately whereas yeah. animation it's kind of it's kind of it I don't know. I don't know why, but I think audience is more forgiving with stuff like that. For, oh, for with, sure. With genre things in animated movies. Yeah. I think people who watch anime over here on our side of the world are way more into art cinema anyways. So I think if we're talking about like Hollywood regular audiences, I don't think they're seeing movies like Jinro. And I think if they w- saw Jinro, they would want that kind of larger scale throughout mm-hmm. but as an art film i think Jin Ro would be an awesome live action adaptation mm-hmm. uh but i just don't think that would ever happen because i don't think anyone's gonna like try to re like anyone who's into art film and wants to make an art film they're pro- why would they remake like a very popular one like the only reason to remake a movie is is to uh either give it a new context or to make money off of it totally you know and so on the art side if there's no value there then 
like if there's no greater context then why even bother remake i mean what's funny about this movie is i can i can see it being made into like a hollywood blockbuster but they would take all that emotional part out of it they would probably take the whole ptsd kind of part out of it and Mm -hmm. make it completely different it'd be like it would be basically focused on that these different like army groups or whatever battling for superiority or something like that you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and it would have been like all about subterfuge and and sabotage or whatever all that stuff and that's what it would have been about and the movie probably could have could be like pretty cool just on like an on an action level but it would lose what this movie is all about and it would it but they would put they would slap that title on you know but it really oh, wouldn't yeah. it would really wouldn't be them anything right. about the movie <laughs> which i think i'd be fine with that like because because if you know because then you could watch this JJ one abrams yeah. picked this movie up and was like hey we're doing jinro my immediate thing is like this is going to be a large scale jinro yeah. with some side character stuff that i love in my action movies you know with some like romance and like that sounds like my jam, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though it's different. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'd, I'd, I'd rather, like, see this movie done by the guy who did Ex Machina or, or something like that, right? Where, oh, like, Garland. Garland. Yeah, yeah, you know? Like, that would be more interesting to me because it's, like... Because you know that he's not going to bring just, like, an action spectacle to it. He's going to be... He, he'll be able to, to lock it down and focus it and make it um, impact you some way, I think. Yeah, because yeah. all his movies have that kind of that melancholy to it yeah and it has an intellect too which yeah lacks in so many hollywood movies <laughs> i could right. see i mean we're it's talking we're talking about american directors remaking it um which i guess could be cool but if if we're gonna go along that thought process i could see denis Villeneuve having an interesting take that would be on cool. it yeah, yeah just because yeah. of his more recent like yeah. sci-fi ventures that would be pretty sweet um, actually. but obviously it'd be cooler if like you know they had a Japanese. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. I, unfortunately, right. I just don't know any like know, really, really big modern Japanese directors right now. Um, I mean, if like Takashi Miyake did it, it would be like wacko. I mean, it'd probably be cool, but it wouldn't be remotely anything similar to <laughs> what right. this movie is. But that's really sadly the only Japanese director I can think of off the top of my head. Um, that's like, you uh, know. yeah. I'm. I'm just. These are just some names off of... This says, Contemporary Japanese Directors You Should Know. I guess there's Katana, uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who did Bright Future, Cure, uh, Seventh Code, Journey to the Shore. Is that uh, Kurosawa's, like, uh, child? I have no... <laughs> it doesn't say, but... Is that a stupid question? No. Um, I mean, it's just because Kurosawa doesn't mean it is, because obviously there's, you know... I mean, my last name's Anderson, so, I mean, how many Andersons are there who I'm not related to? My my mom's maiden name is Anderson. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, I, I mean, I mean, it's possible. But you have uh, Shunji Iwai, uh, who did uh, All About Lily Chichao, Swallowtail Butterfly, uh, Bride for Rip Van Winkle, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hirokazu Korida. Uh, who is, I guess, a contemporary Yasujiro Ozu. Um, he did films I Wish, Like Father, Like Son, Our Little Sister, Sion Sono. None of these are ringing any bells. Cold nope. Fish, Guilty of Romance, nope. Tokyo Tribe. <laughs> T- 
Takashi Maiki, I guess. That's a, kind of an obvious one. And then Beat Takashi. Or Beat Takashi. Oh, I guess, does he direct a lot? Yeah, he directs a lot. Oh, yeah, he yeah, does, yeah, huh? Yeah. Uh, Tatsuya Nakashima. Confessions, Kamikaze Girls. Oh, okay, I've heard of, I've um, heard of him. Memories of Matsuko, World yep. of Kanako. Uh, Isao Yukisada, April Story, Center of the World, Go, Pink and Gray. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Nobuhiro Yamashita. Uh, um, Linda, 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 mm-hmm. Over the Fence, A Gentle nope. Breeze in the Village, Tomoko <laughs> and Yoji Yamada. Um, my son's a clash to remember. All right. Anyway, these are like, you know, <laughs> contemporary Japanese directors. Oh, the last one is Shohei Imamura, who did Ballad of Narayama, The Eel, Black Rain, Vengeance is Mine. I don't know. There's a lot of Japanese films I guess you could look at. I mean, I don't know who did The Villainous, but... Or is that Korean? That's no, Japanese, right? Uh... I don't want to be... Not yet. saying that person would be a good <laughs> option, but obviously there's like... South Korean. Okay, so I'm wrong. Uh, anyway, um, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, end this this part of the discussion with uh, what? Oh, I thought I knew we were. This was going to go. We got to talk about Neon Genesis, right? Right? right. Evangelion, <laughs> oh God, and uh, this idea of the supercut. So. Before we get too deep into this, I just want to talk about what, what a supercut is, if you've never heard that term. Basically, the description of the movie from IMDb tells you that it's essentially they cut a bunch of shots and scenes from the first 24 episodes of the series uh, and built like a 70-minute movie around that. Uh, so it's a supercut of all the episodes. Um, and that's why it's got this really bizarre pacing and has like no plot development that's really makes any sense uh you really don't get any backstory or really i mean the names of people really just don't even really come up all that much um so i I just want to open this up to you guys too are can supercuts be done well and if they can are they even a good idea to do let's not i mean we're going to get deeper into our opinions of this movie, but just, just setting that aside real quick, I'm just talking in general. Right. I think at the time, I think it's fine. At, at the, at, in, in the year that it's at. But nowadays, if you, re- if you throw together the, a Pokemon movie, which they actually just kind of vaguely did this, actually. Um, but if, if you throw like a super cut together, add 20 minutes to the end... Of, of a TV series and go send it off to theaters or even release it on DVD, I think you piss a lot of people off who buy that thing. Because most of that stuff nowadays is like on YouTube, you know? And there's be- good supercuts uh, on YouTube that fans will just make that are that are better than this. And I'm sure you could find a Neon Genesis Evangeline supercut that is better on, oh, yeah. just on YouTube than this movie. I mean that's the thing. That's what, that's exactly what I was gonna I was gonna bring up YouTube. I have seen some amazing fan edits of like you know Breaking Bad all six or seven seasons, you know, edited together in a way where you really get a real good idea of his, his, the entire arc that Walter White goes through 
Sure. Um, or even just season recaps, like those two-minute yeah. season recaps that HBO does or whatever. I've seen some good ones where I'm like, damn, I've seen that whole fucking season, and they did a pretty good job at wrapping all that shit up in, yeah. the, in a general sense. Yeah, yeah you're not you're going to lose character development and some of that, but you in two minutes? Fuck, if you had a two-hour movie for a fucking 24-hour or 24-episode season, you can do it. That's what I was you thinking, too. Like, the... the so this movie clocks in at about a buck forty, and that's with or uh, or is it less than that? No, it's about that much. Um, and then like the first forty, I've never heard that. That's amazing. I'm gonna well, start do- saying that from here on out. Yeah, like a, it's funny. an hour forty ish. Um, so the first seventy minutes are the supercut. Last thirty minutes is like a different thing. So that's how you get. Um, so it's actually really just like seventy minutes. Yeah, is yeah. the supercut. Um, but yeah. if if they would have turned that into two hours i could see that working better because like the biggest issue here is that in this case of the supercut it's just so fast it's so fast there's this weird voiceover on scenes where they're talking so like the voiceover doesn't like match the scene the version you guys watched were there like titles that would flash that yeah. go like massacre, yeah. Yeah. pain, and stuff like that? Yeah, it was okay. weird. It was just it was weird. Because on my DVD, it gives you the option you can actually take that out. I believe. Oh, that would have been better because it was kind of pointless. Was, I tempted, but then I was like, you know what? I've gotten this far. I'm going <laughs> to keep them in there. I'm just going <laughs> to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's funny. That was my next question too. Is like, would a longer runtime help kind of smooth things out in terms of plot and pace? And I think so. I think it. it they tried way too hard to keep it short. Um, the other thing too, I, I would I would say no to that. I, I would say the runtime is that would be great for this is the runtime of the series. That's that's what's like worth watching. Like I, I would say any any supercut is not worth watching unless you've seen the the what it's drawing from before like i think you could still like get into like game of thrones if you watch the little two minute promo before but that's because you're it's a two minute promo and then you're watching the the series well you that's the I mean? other thing I was... the show is more interesting than the supercut you know but i've never i've never seen a super, like supercut at game of thrones either but i guess part of the problem too is that you know in in this case like this movie cowboy bebop samurai shampoo it's in this vein of like it has a series and it's over and the series is typically somewhere in the 20-ish episodes 20 25 episodes um and then it's over so like that's all you have to draw from where each season of modern shows game of thrones breaking bad walking dead whatever each season is different you know by the end of the first season of game of thrones it's like literally the opposite side of the coin right yeah Um, right so like how do you combine those into a movie, I guess you'd have to make a super cut of just each season and release it kind of as a movie. Right. Um, I mean, you can kind of look at... Um, uh, no, that's a bad example. I was going to say the Lemony Snicket series, but that's <laughs> that has nothing to do with what we're even Oh, a series about. of unfortunate events? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just ignore what I said. I mean, I guess... Would it, I mean, could a supercut of Game of Thrones? I mean, I'm looking at just at a list of the most popular shows, like Game of Thrones. Let's I, say you did a supercut of one movie per season. I just, I just don't think so because there's so much more that goes into a movie than just, or that goes into a series and a movie than just like content. I, I want to play like de- there's transitions. You you have to like I, I, I want to match things. I, I want to play devil, devil's advocate here. 
personally, I would never want to watch a movie or anything cut from a TV show. Because a TV show, especially something like Game of Thrones, is, is executed so well in, 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 in it's the length because it's the length, right? But I think you can be successful at, at at least getting a plot across and some emotion across. You're going to probably right. cut out some big characters, not necessarily big characters, but you're going to cut out characters and stuff that I would, as a true fan, would never want to see cut out. But right. there are people like my grandparents that there were so many characters in that show that they actually had to, they, they, they liked the show. But they, there was a point where they just could not follow it anymore. And a part of it is they grew up with movies that didn't have or TV shows that didn't have characters that had stuff like that. So they kept saying, oh, man, if they condensed it to like a four-hour movie, like two seasons for a four-hour movie would be perfect for them. And I think it could be done. And I think they'd probably like it better. Um, I think it could be done as well. And I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I think the biggest argument against it being done is that, especially a lot of these more modern TV shows, just have so many goddamn characters that you would have the, like, Infinity War thing going on where, like, how do you share screen time with (laughs) so many characters? (laughs) And I haven't seen Infinity War, but from my understanding, they do a really good job of balancing out, like, all the characters involved with that because there's just so many. Um, But, yeah, you'd either have to chop out subplots and like just some characters entirely yeah um, in a supercut or i don't know like or you try and shove them in but then you know how i don't know game of thrones has like fucking like 30 characters it follows you know like that's just right how do you but, how do you deal with all that but here's like one the biggest problem or one one of the biggest problems with the supercut besides out, i mean obviously outside of not knowing what the hell was going on with this movie because <laughs> you really have no idea unless you've seen the series but i think the biggest thing for like someone who is maybe looking at it for the first time is the tonal shifts you know and the the tonal shifts are something that are really intentionally created in the show uh and and they're they're either contrasted in a really interesting way from from a scene to a scene mm-hmm. um but in this supercut the the tonal shifts are that it just cuts to like a different tone altogether and it's like well i'm feeling this way about this and now i'm supposed to just immediately shift my feeling towards this uh like tone here mm-hmm. and i think that's like one of the bigger problems of doing a supercut and i think that's what makes it super hard to do a supercut in general even of game of thrones like i think just being able to like match the the tone like match the tone is is the one of the hardest part and it's one of the most important parts like mm-hmm. it can't just follow the plot you know what i mean yeah i'd go out on a limb here and say that the editor or editors of um neon genesis uh evangelion evangelion death and rebirth um are not uh editing intelligently and not saying that they're dumb <laughs> They're just, they're not editing intelligently right. when or, they I had agree. no, no there, time. There was no, no logic. Yeah. There was no logic it, to how they were editing. It, like, I, if you took, the thing is, it just felt like, it didn't even feel like a highlight video. It felt that bad. Like, it, they could t- they could take 
because anybody could do this. They could take the series and and draw probably four different big arcs, mm-hmm. storylines, and make it a big graph, you know. And then they could, they could. I mean, they could. There's a way that they could logically put everything together and make it look sense. This is. It was literally like just taking a chunk of like, oh, we need this plot point. Boom. We need this p- plot point. Boom. And then watching it and be like, okay. How do we splice these together? Oh, we're going to put 22 months before. Boom. Like, t- you know, like That was the weirdest part to me. Like, it's like, fuck. 22 yeah. months later, five years five years earlier, yeah. 18 years earlier, six months yeah. later. Like, where so, yeah. are we oh, right I now? Just, yeah. I, just, I just watched Pulp Fiction, and I want to do a cool, like, you know, time <laughs> thing. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, there was this no, there was no intelligent thought behind the editing at all. Exactly. Like, in... in and it just, to me, that's what got me. I mean, it didn't even get me. It didn't get to me that it was that it was a supercut. Um, it was just that there was no thought process behind it, and that's what I, I felt. I felt like I was being dumb. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. like it made me feel dumb. And I was like, God, there's no way that they actually did this. Well, is it just think, is it just me? You know, like <laughs> yeah, like what am I missing? That's, that's why. I, that's why I messaged you guys. I was like. You know what I mean? On, on what are we, yeah, I was like, what like, the fuck is what this? What the fuck is this? The, um, it, it's kind of weird because when I read the, you know, Wikipedia, the whole Wikipedia article, which I always do, you know, as a base to prepare for our episodes. Yeah. Uh, the, they were saying how the, they included some deleted scenes. Or some like re they've reanimated a couple things in there, and I think some of those scenes that kind of linger on for a while in this movie are those like deleted scenes that give like a greater context to like what happens to the characters or what happens to the show, um, which is interesting because that if you think about it that way, it almost plays out as like you know when you go into the deleted scenes on your DVD menu. And it plays like the first part of the film, and then it cuts to like the storyboards of the f- of the fake scene. Like it almost like is like super messy in that kind of way. Uh, but these are all like finished animations, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of messy like that. It but is. then it's also a supercut too. And I think like that scene where they're like just standing in the elevator, and <laughs> okay. it feels like they're there for <laughs> that like, goes on ten for, like, hours, thirty seconds, and you're like, okay, the okay, you just spent. Like, I thought. <laughs> two second shots and then suddenly we're sitting with them just standing in an elevator for her to say like one line I'm like what yeah. is yeah. happening the right pacing now? is so bizarre so and the line makes no sense like in the greater context of whatever exactly. the fuck they were even doing in the elevator but I think if you watch the show maybe that's like a really memorable scene Probably. and having them in the elevator maybe it adds a greater context I just don't know see that's what I felt when I was watching the movie it felt like when there were scenes that were like shortened up it just felt like oh this is an action sequence that was like really integral in the plot so they're gonna like do a quick mashup and then like you said yeah there'd be like a couple sentences here and there that would be like oh okay like did we need to see that but it must have been important later down the road so this might be important and then i'll try to remember it and then like at by the end of the movie i'm like fuck that didn't have anything to do with shit yeah (laughs) because it it didn't seem like they cut because 
logically speaking, if you were to do a supercut, you would cut in the order of the episodes. You go to episode one, cut out all the shit you don't think needs to be there, put that together. Go to episode two, cut all the shit you need yeah. to put that next to episode one. And if it felt, and it would play out right chronologically, yeah. right? But even if it even even if it didn't. You could still mess it up a little bit. I'm not. Yeah, you definitely could. But this yeah. movie didn't. It seems it like they were like, okay, right. we're in episode 22, we're in one, we're in 24, yeah. we're in 16. Like, it was just so like, like, where are we? You know, it doesn't give. And I mean, like, Cowboy Bebop, it's not 24 episodes, but it's it's like 20. Oh shit, fuck. I yeah, guess it like was something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's like flashbacks throughout the series, so you could, but yet those flashbacks are like chronological so like it would mm-hmm. work like you said you could cut and make everything cut everything that's not needed per episode keep the flashbacks in each of those episodes and it would still fucking work <laughs> like <laughs> but oh god 26 episodes oh shit i didn't yeah. realize it was that long it's yeah. been a while since i've watched it but what's really weird is like from my research from what I could understand from this movie is it a lot of people were upset with the final two episodes of the show. Yeah. So they came out with like, but the director of the show or the showrunner of the show was like, I stand by my ending as Mm -hmm. from his, like the artistic value of the ending. He's like, I'm not going to change it. And then this movie came out and it has half of a different ending. And then, then four months later they released the end of Evangeline, Evangeline, whatever the fuck you say it. Evangelion. Uh, Evangelion, thank you. Uh, and it's the full ending, which includes the second half of this movie at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I understand. So I'm just, frankly, I'm just curious. Why did they even bother releasing this movie? Well, that's what I was all? wondering, too. Like, it, like, it's like, you could just trash this supercut and it doesn't matter. Just you, show, you know the, I mean? show the... The death part of this movie, essentially, or the rebirth part of this movie, um, and cut yeah. and don't because sh- like you, you, it was like a weird way of trying to shoehorn in a movie, like mm-hmm. just do the ending part, which would have been way cheaper because you wouldn't have had editors come in and chop up the series right and like just show that, especially since you're gonna make it a movie anyway. Just keep it like that. Um, I honestly right. felt embarrassed for. The like twenty five title cards at the beginning of the movie that like I like, love there, that there, that was there was like seriously like twenty five like company title things or whatever that came up so ridiculous it was like boom boom something 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 it's like okay and then I, then at the end of the movie I remembered that obviously and I was like I feel bad for all those brand names that put their title at the beginning of this thing. Like, Poor Sega. It was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, Sega. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's it's got good reviews for people who watched it and maybe better understood it, though, so it's not like it was a failure. I think maybe that's what it was to me, is I was disappointed because I was reading these reviews and people were like, one of the greatest animes of all time, blah, 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 tear-jerking, blah, 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 all this stuff, and I'm just like, man, I really need to see the show. Like... I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, watch the Super, show. Such an interesting... I, I'm kind of glad, though, that I haven't, and I watched this first, just because I think I've had an experience that maybe most fans haven't had. Because I think most yeah. of the fans had seen the show first. So it's kind of kind of it's kind of cool to do something... In opposite. The opposite way, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, this, is, this was obviously catering towards fans. Yeah. Like, period. Like, yeah. 
because this makes no this made no you guys haven't watched this series this makes makes no sense to us and even i was sitting with my (laughs) i watched this with my roommate and she's like she thought it was this other series called um Oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called. But it's something, it's very similar. Very similar premise. The, the bad guys are called angels, too, uh, in, in this, this other series. And she thought it was that. And then she found out it was actually Evangeline. And she was like, oh, I watched this when I was like eight. And, and she couldn't even follow it, <laughs> you know, because she wasn't even a hardcore fan uh, of it. But the weird thing is, is, is this series was like dramatically popular in japan yeah you know it's kind of like Her- the harry potter of japan almost you know? <laughs> like they they have a ride based on this uh series at universal studios you know and oh, they shit. they the character um i can't remember what's the main character's name shinji <laughs> no what uh the oh, dude oh. or the yeah, oh sorry i meant i meant ray the oh, second yeah main character they had like ray is like a prominent character over in oh, okay. japan like this some like is someone that everyone knows about or as has at least heard of you know kind of like luke skywalker over here mm-hmm. you know? okay uh yeah it is weird like yeah i don't know i don't know why i don't know why they decided to make it someone decided someone like you said someone saw the money and someone was like, how do we how do we boot this up to get more money out of it? I think if someone did this with Star Wars in the nineties, you know, you know, before like Phantom Menace came out, yeah, I think it would also be kind of popular because I think it's so much. It's playing with nostalgia, right? It's yeah. like, hey, you remember that series that is over now? Here it is again mm-hmm. in in this weird context in this like very artful context uh and here's here is a piece of what we're working on for later i think if people did that i think if lucas films did that with star wars before phantom menace and then released phantom menace like five months earlier i think that's like a genius cash grab you know and it's like totally playing with nostalgia and what people remember from the trilogy in almost in the same way that the force awakens kind of does yeah Mm -hmm. i'd agree um uh, crap i wanted to say something about neon genesis and now i brain farted um i uh i i'm not gonna lie i kind of feel sorry for all the neon genesis uh fans that are listening to this not that we did a disservice or anything because i we didn't know and like you know it was a cool. It was a cool experiment, really. I, 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 it was kind of a cool experiment to me, because I, 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 you know, it was just different. Um, uh, but I, but you know, it's because it's such a big show and big anime. We don't mm. really have anything to say about it because we don't really know. <laughs> we didn't. We, we didn't know what we, we got into. Well, no, but we didn't know the show. You know, like yeah. I, I was yeah. thinking that it was going to be way more straightforward. Yeah. Um, but I, but it's like, it's like getting like, you know, some psalms of the Bible without the whole thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. It, it, it's it. Uh, so you can't really talk about what 
it's hard to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, following Jacob's point. Yeah, it's this show is super popular in Japan because it's considered like a revival and subversion of the mecha genre. You know, like Gundam and stuff like that. It's kind of like a... Like that, right? Sussy. So kind of rebooted the genre, I guess. Uh, I just want to... We're at an hour. I guess... Uh, I just wanted to ask a question, and I guess we don't have to deal with it. But the like the question was, do you how do you guys feel about movie tie-ins to series? Do you think series should be standalone? Do you think movies that tie into a series are interesting? Um, I don't know. I'm I'll lay I'm it out cool. There. I'm cool with whatever, and they do this a lot with anime, right? Like yeah. Dragon Ball Z. There's like, you know. Sit- 10 movies or something and pokemon we just learned that there's 20 movies <laughs> uh which actually the most recent one which came out last year uh is sort of a clip show sort of yeah. it's it's a retelling of the first season of pokemon uh and and they they take out significant characters and then they move on to like this other realm but it retells 80 episodes wow of Pokemon, That's which is the first season, Holy uh, shit. and they take out Misty and Brock, which we mentioned last episode. Uh, but it's interesting because that is criticized a lot by a lot of Pokemon fans because they are changing the timeline. You know, so by taking out Misty and Brock and just leaving Ash, a lot of big Pokemon fans are like, "Hey, like, what happened to these characters?" It's almost like they don't even exist anymore. Yeah. And to those people, it's really important to see those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While something like Neon Genesis is doing the clip show thing, it's it's almost more fan servicey in that way and less artistic where Pokemon <laughs> Go where yeah. Pokemon the movie is like a little bit more like, Hey, let's do something like kinda unique, you know, mm-hmm. instead of safe and cash money. That's interesting, so, yeah. I'm I'm fifty fifty. I think it really depends on what the TV show, what the movie is, and how it is based on the content. Because I'm I'm okay with mixed media series, you know. Yeah. But I want to be able to watch the TV show or the movie. Like, if it's primarily a movie, or if it's primarily a TV show, or if it's primarily a video game, I want to be able to understand what is happening by just following the main course of, of like the main content thing. Um, and, and I like, I don't like with Avengers, they have their little, you know, Marvel TV show where it's like the shield guys, agents of shield. Yeah. In the movies, you kind of need to, there's like a, a reason you would want to watch agents of shield to like get some of the things that happen in the movies, but I'm not going to sit down and watch agents of shield, you know, cause I'm not that into it. Like I, I wish that it was just about the movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of it being like, Oh, if you, you have to watch both the series and the movie to really get the full, full understanding of what's going on. But I think it's, I mean, I guess I don't mind it being like a movie version of a show. Cause it's just kind of like a, extended version of the show you know if it's a 30 minute episode show and they make a movie you know that's kind of cool like now i get to watch it for like two hours or whatever yeah you know? yeah um, i mean i i think it just depends on like what comes out of it honestly honestly yeah. like i think true detective like i think that could be a pretty 
good movie, not as a supercut, but as like its own movie. Because I, I think the amount of things that happen in that movie, I think you could really condense down into something really interesting and still have that great ending of True Detective. Obviously, the TV show would probably be better, but that whole show, like I think, could be, you know, in a movie. Yeah, totally agree. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, I think we're going to be skipping our usual roundtable. Because um, we all kind of like, I didn't hate <laughs> Neon Genesis, um, but it was just like, I didn't really like watching it just because you just don't get what's going on. Yeah, um, and Jinro is so good that yeah, like it is really good. I why mean, don't Why don't we do that? So we do this thing when we have two matching pairing episodes. We do like an overall roundtable. So like we guess like oh yeah, Jinro. You guys want to do that, or do you want to just jump right in? So, like, Jinro, Perfect Blue, and Akira? Yeah. Akira. Well, I guess yeah. all four in theory. Well, I guess, I mean, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't really consider Neon Genesis the, uh, birth and whatever the fuck. I don't really consider it a movie. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, okay, let's just say, how about... Yeah, I guess we could do out of all three. Okay. Um... And if you even feel like going so far as ranking the three, you know, you can do that. Um, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to start with Byron for this. Okay. Let's do it. And I'm going to say Akira is your number one. Okay. Followed by Jinro and Perfect Blue. In that order. Because, <laughs> I, like, I, you know, I remember from talking last week that Akira is, like, one of those, like, special right. movies for you. So I think I think it's up there. I'm, I'm going to... Go Akira, Perfect Blue, then Jinro. Okay. I think you like. Also, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say Jinro is not your favorite. I'm just gonna take a chance. Um, gonna take are you chance. doing this so that we don't force you to rant about Neon Genesis? <laughs> also, well, I mean, I already kind of did, but I I did. Well, I mean, we already did because I mean it's a <laughs> shitty supercut, so like. <laughs> It's it's bad for a supercut. Like that's all the people need to know. <laughs> one of these days you're gonna go off on a movie like I did, and it's gonna be glorious. When it it's happens. it's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> too too contained, man. Well, have you heard? Um, I I could go off on Boondock Saints. That's true. We could do that. Yeah, I could go I, off on Ghost Stories. <laughs> or oh yeah, or um, Independence Day Resurgence. No, I never two saw that. I can go. I can actually. Go I, I haven't even seen the original Independence Day. So, Same. Yeah, I haven't seen. Crucify the me! Oh, all I you love want. that movie. The movie's great. <laughs> Shit. I, I, but we probably just killed like half our listenership by saying <laughs> yeah. that. we, we went seen from that. two to one. I haven't, <laughs> seen, I haven't seen it either, man. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Go ahead. Jacob's right. I like. Damn yeah. It. Damn Akira, it. Perfect Blue, Jinro. Oh um, shit! Jinro but I, but has I, the violence. I really like Jinro. I really liked it. That it's definitely one of my favorite animes. I think. Okay, it's nice. like it's right up there with Metropolis, uh, uh, Akira, and Perfect Blue. I really like, um, uh, I really like Princess Mononoke. I mean, I know that's kind of like uh, that counts. You know what I mean? I, I know it's kind of like one of those uh, so typical anime. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a it's like a go to anime. You know what I mean? It's it's like. 
that like the hipster in you just rolled his eyes. Exactly for saying that. You don't have to. Exactly, you don't have to justify exactly. it. But, and, but there's so many that I I I've that I haven't seen. You know. Yeah. Um. But I really enjoyed Jinro. Um. That was pleasantly surprised on how good it was. Um. And I love the score. Fantastic sound yeah, the score design. Score is good. Yeah, the sound design really in Jinro is really very good. Strong. I. If anything, that was what. I left. If there was a takeaway, I take I took away the awesome use of excellent music out mm-hmm. of um, Jinro. But yeah, sweet. Um, should we should we do Jacob? Me? Sure. I don't care which order we do it in. I can't remember which one you liked more. Oh, you were it Akira. was Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue yeah. Oh, it was Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, how's the only Akira? Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, this one's fucking hard. I actually, because you said they were close, right? Or they were pretty close. close. Akira and Perfect Blue, like you're uh, sort of close. I definitely like like Perfect Blue more. I would say. So I'm gonna go the Perfect Blue, Jinro, Akira, then in that order. Don't think too hard. He's I'm gonna to go. Be... I'm just gonna go. Fuck it. I'm gonna go. Jinro, Perfect Blue, Akira. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Byron is right. I <laughs> suck at this. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think Jinro is fucking awesome. Wow. I I loved it. I I like the slow pace. I like the the ending. That just it's just this tragedy tragedy about him just being a wolf. You know, I freaking I thought that was awesome. It was kind of neckbeardy, you know. But oh yeah, the way he acts, yeah, the way he acts is super like like I feel like a lot of neckbeards and incels like look up to him. You know what I mean? In an unfortunate way, it's like a lot of those like guys who like want to be in the military, but aren't <laughs> you know what i mean oh god yeah not to just get rid of the other half of our listeners or anything. <laughs> but uh but yeah i've i've i thought that was awesome i loved all the little red riding hood like extended metaphor stuff that was cool him, yeah him to to be a wolf and um even like how it's it's sort of like romeo and juliet at the end i thought that was that was kind of like a neat um kind of draw into the whole Romeo and Juliet story because it is basically Romeo and Juliet just where like Romeo kills Juliet in the end which is just really interesting yeah I'm glad they Um, didn't soften that ending yeah yeah you know yeah I thought that was and I love how like at the end like the other it cuts to the other guy and he like has his gun out like ready to shoot them down like I was like oh man this is oh that that was freaking awesome uh so yeah big fan of Jinro uh, definitely takes the cake in our wow. anime. And then coming in at a close second, I would say, is Neon Genesis Evangeline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Earth. As a close second. Cause obvi- cause I, and Akira obviously last. Because yeah. fuck Akira. Because clearly. I'm just kidding. God, that was a joke. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Obviously, Akira is above Perfect Blue, but still under <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangeline. It's Wait, above, Akira no, is it's, per- above Perfect Blue? I'm fucking sorry. I'm totally joking around. Uh, Neon Genesis <laughs> is obviously at the bottom. But yeah, it's Jinro, Perfect Blue, Akira. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to see the look on your face. Uh, <laughs> and I got it, so do you, worth it. Do you want me to go first? With Whatever works, Eric man. Or? Yeah, you got okay. it. Um, 
I'm gonna go Jinro, Perfect Blue, Akira. Okay. Uh yeah, me too. I think I think Jinro's right in line, man. I think it's that uh Yeah. It's it's that what was that samurai movie we watch we watched that's like the Se- spaghetti western? Seven samurai. Yo Jimbo. Or Yo Jimbo. Yo Jimbo. I think it's like it's the Yo Jimbo of like of like punk cyberpunk anime. You know, uh, I think you like that. But uh, but I also think that Perfect Blue is maybe one that you'd want to make more, like in your own filmography. Does that make sense? I think you'd. Maybe, I think that makes sense. Like I, I don't really picture you like wanting to make a film that looked like I don't picture you wanting to make like a super cyberpunk film. I think you really like those type of movies, but I don't. But maybe with a big budget, maybe you would want to make one. I don't know. I think I'd want to make one in a cyberpunk world. Okay. But I like world building, but I don't like... it. Doesn't The story doesn't need to be epic. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just like the world. To worlds. get caught up in the... Yeah. The, That's why Blade right. Runner's kind of cool, because it's like, you know, it's a mystery. Like a, It's big, but it's still like a contained mystery yeah. in a cyberpunk world. You know, that type of thing. Actually, Blade Runner and Jinro are pretty similar in, in a lot of ways, because it's like this... It, it creates this world and then it tells you this really tiny story in the world. But yeah. I also think too, uh, Jinro, there was like more violence in it too, which I know he likes that <laughs> stuff too. You like the, you yeah, like the yeah. scene where he loads his gun up. I mean, and I, yeah, the scenes of the in wolves. In the sewer. The wolves yeah. make the movie for me. I love the wolf scenes and stuff. Oh yeah. And like when they're, the wolf, that, that dream or whatever, the wolf like eating the body and stuff. That was awesome. That scene was brutal, that was man. Awesome. Like, that's one that. of those. That's what I'm saying. Where in a live action film, if they tried to do that, the violence yeah. would outshine the message. It'd in be the great. Film, you know, it'd be cool. I would dig it. But, I would dig it. Yeah, but yeah, some people would be taken yeah. too far, too too back for of it or whatever. Right. Well, but I I also I think that's like it, it's I think it's also like the people who don't mind that violence are watching anime. Too. Yeah, you know, probably. like I think the people who are into Jinro aren't upset by the violence, but I think regular audiences just aren't really watching Jinro. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I think that's like a it. I feel like that might apply also to the anime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'm hate just guessing. I hate how right you guys are. Because I was so fucking wrong. Um, yeah, pretty much like in that order. And fucking even Byron is right. Like, I feel like I'd rather make Perfect Blue than yeah. other movies. But Jinro had yeah. the violence, so yeah, that movie was yeah. fucking sick. To, I, you literally hit like every single right note on that description, which is kind of. Don't annoying, even need to talk. <laughs> I, I really don't. Like, because Keith. I'm too obvious. movies are so similar to mine, really. It really. really they really they really are in a lot of ways yeah but there's a lot of big differences though too so yeah because i like i think i like westerns more than you do yeah um definitely do but i mean yeah uh jinro is it was really good like uh, five out of five for sure um yeah jinro i jinro is awesome it is it's really good movie um i didn't know anything about it and i wasn't bothered by the transition of like the huge opener no. down to the small. Actually, right. I actually preferred it. Yeah, I I thought that was awesome. Like on, honestly, of these movies, Jinro is like the one I would want to make. Like I would want to start big and get really small and like really 
trick slash piss off the audience <laughs> into like is falling in love with like a love story, mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. and then pull, taking it away from them again and making it a Romeo and Juliet tragedy. Like yeah. that is, ah, oh God, I would fucking love to make something like that. That would be awesome. <laughs> and like, you know, the movie, it's pretty complex, pretty dense movie, but it, is, it, yeah. it does make Super sense dense. when you really think about mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, you know, I I don't like the description that IMDb gave because I don't think that's really that true either. Because I don't think he falls for her as much as he finds a connection because it happens to be her sister. But you find out it's not. Yeah, that's thing. what I did. Right. I didn't quite get as that that he was like all in love with her. No, he definitely you know? wasn't. I didn't get that feel. He just I, like it, yeah. That I was don't his... know about love, but I feel like there was like this moment of him, like when he decided to shoot her like the sacrifice that he made and for me that's like more important like he's like no i'm gonna be part of the wolf pack yeah mm-hmm. uh and i don't i don't think there needs to be love in order for this to be no i think love would like, have interesting yeah i, you know th- I mean? think a right. love plot would have fucked it up honestly yeah, and the ending wouldn't have been as strong um because it's not a it's about it's the idea between i mean your only connection to sanity or your connection to the mission that you're doing, you know, it's not about love triumphs all that type of bullshit. But if Hollywood you know? remade it, it would be, and there'd yeah. be a sex scene. A love triumphs be, on everything. If, yeah. It and that's where like, if someone made this movie and, and challenged that, that would be huge. Like, I feel like people would like love to see that be challenged. You know, I mean, people love movies that challenge, the the genres or the the conventions that are already in place and like those are like the biggest movies that that come out and that people go see Mm -hmm. you know the ones that challenge the conventions yeah i mean even the plotting of this movie challenges convention because you spend so much time at the beginning with this like Mm -hmm. renegade pack and especially the like the little girl and then she dies (laughs) and it turns out it's actually the soldier that's the guy and you don't even meet him until like 15 minutes into the movie yeah or 10 yeah. minutes or whatever like it's pretty yeah. deep into it um you know so i love that i do too i like that and yeah. the, the i mean the opener is just great like it's just a good um i like uh, you know riots and, like i don't i don't like riots but i like the idea of the <laughs> people film, yeah. and like yeah in film like yeah. that that clash between like the the government and the people is a really yeah. interesting idea so um, i love seeing like the view from the like movies from the antagonist eyes yeah you know and this movie really sets up the these guys this this german panzer military guys whatever you want to call them uh as like the bad guys in the movie Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh it's from his eyes Mm -hmm. you know and then you also like you're kind of hoping that he's that he's like oh he has feelings you know and then you're you feel like so betrayed at the end when it's like Oh, he's just a he's just a fucking wolf, you know, mm-hmm. and like that is that is awesome. He's yeah. no different than than when he's just walking around in his suit. <laughs> yeah, so like the and he's like more comfortable in the suit. So the movie's like this giant insult to all these like hopeful movies about like the the like it's kind of like the ant like the Force Awakens. Uh, how like the stormtrooper like comes to the re- rebel side. You know, oh, yeah. it's like this anti uh, Force Awakens mm-hmm. like that's, movie. That's which, what I, which is awesome. That's what I. Lo- that's what I really uh, applaud this movie for. It was just it, it was finally like a movie where I was like, yeah, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, because yeah, like, it's like 
the tragedy of it, man. Yeah. It I, I, awesome. I like it when filmmakers like betray the stereo, like the the the, the typical film goer. Yeah, because a typical film goer might actually be really upset about it. You know. Yeah. And <laughs> it's awesome because Except- they totally play with that throughout this whole movie. Yeah. You know, like they totally, he, it's like, oh, he's coming around and he's really not. You're just, you just want him to. Yeah. And then it's like, nope, not coming around still. The betrayal has to be smart though. Don't do a ghost stories betrayal and fucking ruin your whole movie because you're retarded. Nice. Oh, I, see, I thought you liked the movie. Ghost stories? Yeah. I don't know how, no. to, dude, I don't know how he to said, rate that movie. Because, did you, in his, when he was saying us, he was like the beginning, four out of five, the middle, five out of five, the end, five out of five. The very end, 0. 0.5 out of 5. It was literally like the Did first two-thirds, three-quarters of the, the movie. Dude, you missed the point. It's literally the first two-thirds, three-quarters of the movie. 5 out of 5, maybe even 6 out of 5. Great stuff. Great. I was totally enthralled. The ending, I, you can't rate it low enough, dude. So like the very, 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 very end. The fucking... I don't know how much to say. To, uh, the it's reveal. Gonna, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like like they wake up from a dream or some shit. Like the oh most, no, like the most stereotypical thing. Do you want to know? I can no, fucking spoil I it. I want to watch it now. You like hyped it up. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I like bad movies. I mean, I'm a fan. I don't know. I don't know how it would affect your viewing if you knew or not. Well, if what about you the could, you could t- you could tell me. After the podcast, after Jacob yeah, yeah. goes, because I'm curious. After I, I probably yeah, after. won't see it for a while. But that's the new A24 Ghost Stories. No, it's not. It's uh, I don't. It's some British film made by like British companies. The thing that bothers me is like you have like I have a higher like Martin Freeman. I'd probably put up there as a good actor because we were talking yeah, about this before actor, we were recording. Yeah. Um, and like what I don't understand is if you're an actor. And maybe the ending was different in the script. But how do you read a script, see the worst ending in history, and fucking, <laughs> yeah. and then are like, yeah, I want to make this movie. So it's just like one of the worst endings you've ever seen in a movie. It's it's bad because you're saying you you like it when filmmakers betray they right. when they betray expectations. I right, think. right. This film literally be, just but, betrays you. But it has to be betrayed. But yeah, like you said, in a good way. Like it has to be right. This film is like it builds there you has up to be like and an artistic your, it's like, value to the betrayal. You're you're watching the film and or your cynical. jaw is kind of dropping because you're yeah. like, God damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when your mouth is wide open, they just take a fat shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's that. That's that movie. Right, but I I, <laughs> I think Jin Rose like your mouth's open and they put instead of putting sushi in there, they put a fucking nice uh, warm grilled cheese sandwich. Exactly. In your mouth. exactly you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, this is still good, but not what i was expecting yeah yeah exactly yeah all right it's, damn it i want grilled cheese thanks a lot yeah and sushi, <gasps> and sushi yeah. yeah watch the first that's, three that's quarters of ghost stories and then walk out of the theater it'll you'll thank me what if you're later. just like two seconds too late then your life will be over and you'll hate people and whoever this director who made this movie <laughs> that's i actually don't even okay, know the so director but i couldn't help myself and i just read the end on wikipedia so we should totally talk about it afterwards because <laughs> this is fascinating can i okay wait no no go for it all right oh right, now for the listeners man for any for listeners for any listeners who may be listening to this episode <laughs> who haven't seen ghost stories don't want to spoiled stop listening because I'm about to fucking rant about this <laughs> Do movie. It. Do it. I'm excited. It ends with him. He's in a coma the whole fucking movie. So I was almost right. 
And the right. people are just the people he hears talking. That's th- isn't that been done? Hasn't that okay. been done? This movie has three stories, okay? And they t- they go through each story. And the stories are fascinating. They're fucking cool. And especially the middle kid's one, you're like, he hits, like, this weird, like, fucking half-demon, like, with a car, and it starts to, like, haunt him. And Martin Freeman's story is, like, scary. Like, there's actually, like, there are jump scares in the movie, um, and there's one where he's, like, in this nursery, and there's, like, his wife or whatever, and she, like... She's he's she's like over here, kind of in the dark. He's kind of talking to her, and then suddenly she just like does that weird Japanese move right at him, and you're kind of like, whoa. And she's creepy I think looking. It's in the trailer. It might be. Yeah. Um. And like even the first guy's story is actually like, dude, this first story goes on for a long time. It's a really long segment, and you're just like, holy shit! Like you're kind of like, if I was in your shoes, I would lock the door and hide under the desk. Like, <laughs> and they build up all these stories, and this guy, and then suddenly, first of all, the the fucking main dude you don't realize there's anything wrong with him until towards the end when they reveal that oh he actually is like guilty and haunted by this thing that happened in his past and then martin freeman dies he shoots himself and then he like appears as this ghost talking to him saying like oh, feeding God, his so guilt really like his self-conscious or some shit and then like or is I, it's just like it's just like cuts it just cuts and then it's like he's in a coma and the characters come in you know martin freeman happens to be the doctor and the kid oh, happens to be a nurse God, that's so and the guy oh the guy's a janitor and this whole time they're doing this cut to this window they're doing this cut to this window where it's like upside down and it's literally the first shot of the movie and you're like okay and all it is is the janitor brings this mirror over because the guy's eyes are open and puts it over his eyes so that he can look out the window. <laughs> and then it ends. You set up this fantastic story with all these inner these interesting stories. And then it was like, I don't know how to end this. So he just is in a coma. Hooray. Good for me. Like That's fucking dumb. Ah, dude. Wow. Oh. I didn't even see the movie and that's just dumb. It's the stupidest <laughs> fucking ending. Like I thought, ever. About, I thought about like what, what's one of the dumbest endings you could think of. Like, oh, he's like asleep or having a dream or something. Well, that's right. pretty much what it was. Because that's that's the that is that is thing. number one rule of storytelling: do not ha- end with "this was all a dream." Yeah, yeah. Do not end that way. If you if you have that, any listener, if that is in your screenplay, take it out right now because you are fucking stupid. It is it's shit. stupid. Yeah. It's very, very, very bad plot mechanic. <laughs> and no one will like you for it. I, I mean, unless you have a really good reason to do it. No, no you don't. No, not anymore. No, not anymore. I mean, I think if there's like a really good reason to do it, I think it's fine. Not anymore. There, you can't, dude. It's it's literally so. the quintessential betrayal oh, of a writer. Now we know to an what audience. Jacob's next film is going to be. Yeah. He's hey, gonna, you guys, he's gonna, I got this. That's he's going to make it his just. Pitch to, just he's he's with... going to make it just to piss us off. It's just like, <laughs> dude, the stories. Like if you did like this movie. Where it's just like monotone the whole time is totally flat, and then it was a dream. Like that'd be kind of interesting. I'm just spitballing. I just can't. No, I'd be. I, I don't know. I, I don't okay. think so. I, I was like, dude, I'm it. stoked to see how these come together. I'm yeah. stoked to see how these people like because the kid is actually his story and his acting is phenomenal. Like wow. his, it's really good. And like, how are these going to connect so, so the, into this thing? The director basically like, shit on all the other on all the actors too. That's why. Yes. And I'm like, how are you as an actor reading this script? And it's like, that's a good ending. That'll work because Martin Freeman had to act that scene. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you must not have known. <laughs> 
and maybe the director betrayed you too in which case fuck the director yeah. but any person who read that script and was like this is how we're gonna end it is like and it was cool with that if I oh I don't know dude. it's so I felt so fucking betrayed yeah, in this movie that's pretty I want, so I wonder frustrating if, like, I wonder if they had a different ending and they were like no and they went and just reshot that ending. I get the feeling that the guy you know literally I mean? wrote himself into a corner and was like I don't know how to tie this together so it's over like I wonder if the studio like came in and was like no we can't end it the way it ended like it's too crazy we gotta do something safe so dumb dude there's two directors on this movie andy nyman and jeremy dyson oh and apparently it's based off a play so maybe in a play it might feel better but like dude your ending you can't you can't uh, there's so much there's all this cool build-up like oh he meets this guy who used to be a debunker as well and he has these three cases that he can't solve so this, he's like, before I die, please give me some satisfaction in life and solve these for me. Awesome setup. He goes to each one. And then it films, it, instead of telling the story through narrative, it just shows you the story. Awesome. Right. Fucking, I love that. We don't need the fucking narration. And then it's just as like, and then it gets kind of esoteric and kind of cool because it's like weirdly cutting and like it gets like kind of dreamy like they're on a train tracks and there's like a crib and like Martin Freeman has like this devil child like he's feeding him like dog food it's fucking weird and then it just like is like uh oh what it does is like he like goes to talk to the old guy again and the old guy like rips this hole it turns out to be like wallpaper or something and rips this hole through like reality essentially and like this thing that's been haunting this guy the main guy comes in and like forces him into this hospital bed and then you're just like oh that's how we get to the fact that he's in a coma he's comatose this whole fucking time oh weird fucking <laughs> these are the biggest hacks of directors ever dude ever don't make a movie right. again because you guys are Keith, stupid just to, just to make you <laughs> just to make you feel differently here's here's the i'm gonna summarize the plot of the play real quick okay so um andy nyman that's the uh, actor mm-hmm. who plays a professor of parapsychology and he's delivering a lecture on ghost stories in the le- lecture he discusses a website featuring ghostly pictures he has recorded interviews with three people who claim to have had a supernatural experience mm-hmm. each story seems to hinge on guilty feelings as each interview is played back the story is reenacted on stage just like in the movie okay the stories are recounted by a night watchman, a teen driver, and a businessman awaiting his first child. Yep. Is that still in line? Yep. Okay. That's everything. These stories are then drawn together at the end with a twist as it becomes clear that the professor is a participant in the stories and not simply the narrator. Why didn't you just end it like that? Why didn't you end it like that? Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Fuck. You literally... Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, that... That, yeah, that's a sad. Like, the f- scene where Martin Freeman, like, it's cool because they meet out in this, they're meeting out in this field. They walk up to this weird shed that's just, like, happens to have guns in it. And they're just talking. And he seems really not, he seems like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this business deal, whatever. All of a sudden, just puts the shotgun in his face and blows his fucking brains out. Like, out of nowhere. <laughs> awesome scene. I'll see the movie for that. <laughs> right? And then it's just like, oh, we're just going to shit all over the rest of this. Mm, whatever. It's just, oh my god, dude, the play ending, like, 
I don't know. I bet you. Th- I, I I don't know, dude. I don't know who made the decision. <laughs> Whoever made the decision should be fired and sent to jail because you are the fucking <laughs> criminal for fucking what you did to the story. Absolutely criminal. Uh, and that's why I'm like, how do I rate this movie? Because the big the ghost stuff is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's tough because everything in the movie is great except for the very end. Like three out of five doesn't feel right. Like right in the middle, averaging it out doesn't feel right. I don't know. Well, you want to know something really weird, which I just realized. But the directors, Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson. Andy Nyman is the main character. Yeah, in the, right. I'm seeing yeah. that now. And Jeremy Dyson is... They both wrote it and directed, but they also both wrote the stage play. So who the fuck <laughs> so they made did, these decisions? Maybe a they producer. Maybe a producer, you know? Who saw the ending and was like... People will love this. It's almost no like, one gets shit on for this ending ever. It's like combining like the dream thing with like a usual suspects ending. Yeah, you know, which is the lamest way to do a dream. Yeah, <laughs> never it's- end with the person was in a dream, in a coma. Oh, everything that just happened was in a five second. Even like a, they're it, dying. It's so not this even is a the twist anymore. It's not. It's literally. It's a big. I, it's the only way I can explain it is you're you're watching it, your jaw's dropping, and they're doing that so that they can shit in your fucking mouth right at the end, dude. I don't know how else to honestly. I would it. feel, I would feel pissed off that I had <laughs> spent my money on watching that. Yeah, right. I would honestly. I'm telling you to pirate it. Fucking yeah, steal the I, movie and I, don't give them your money. I'll because have it. I'll have it. <laughs> they're fucking stupid, dude. What does the the end of the movie really end with the? doctor leaving the room and saying i hope his dreams are sweet <laughs> i i it may be because he was so he was says on wikipedia he, keith was so pissed off that he blacked out i kind of like i out. stopped i stopped paying attention because i was just keith like dude he might have said that it says that on the wikipedia he might have ended it with that he leaves the kid leaves and then the janitor comes in or whatever and it's, I know how, like, if that well, was the line, too, is like, then they knew what they were doing and purposely said, yeah, fuck wow. you, audience. <laughs> fuck you for watching my movie. Did you, fuck did you, you watch for liking Caitlin? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what did she think? Was uh, she just like, what the fuck? Pretty much the same thing. I mean, her was opinions she, are generally not as strong was as she mine. At, yeah, I was going to say, was she as pissed off? Or? No, pro- I mean, probably yeah. not. Like, I went home and just kind of fumed about it and didn't. Like she didn't say too much. I was just kind of like, "Don't wow. talk to me. Just Don't talk like, to me." Goddamn! It's so it's so fuck. weird. And you know the weirdest thing is on not that Rotten Tomatoes is everything, but there's an eighty three percent on Rotten. Tomatoes. That's what I don't understand. Is people like, you know? how do you rate this movie? Because it's not good. The ending makes it not good. Like, but it, it has eighty three percent. An anthology of creepy supernatural t- tales in the intensely English tradition of Amicus. Portman 2, I don't know what that is. Movies from the 1960s. Um, uh, so maybe people are just rating it for the... Like, they like it because of all the stuff that happens prior to this, to the ending. Probably. I just, like, want to write a very strongly worded letter to the directors and be like, what the fuck were you smoking, <laughs> you stupid piece of shit? Never make a movie ever again. Fucking... Uh, anyway. How... how, when, how, how <laughs> One day I'm going to make a movie, and it's going to end with a dream. It all was a dream, and I'm going to dedicate it to Dude, Keith here's an though. even worse irony. <laughs> I'm looking at Andy Nyman's filmography, and I, I think he is an actor mainly. His first film, called Dead Babies, his name in it is Keith. 
Nice. <laughs> I'm changing my name. I don't, I'm just it, dude. It's done. It's over with. <laughs> it's that done. fucking that part of my life is just fucking. Okay, sh- Kevin. The, the name part of your life dude, is over. Just, what a fucking <laughs> stupid assholes, dude. Wait, like, actually, that's just literally being an asshole in a movie. So, <laughs> on a slightly different note, how 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 many stars would you rate? You were never really here. I give it four. Four. Okay. Four yeah. out of five. Um. Did Caitlin like that one too? Yeah, or? Okay, cool, lot, cool, yeah. Cool, cool. yeah, we both liked that one. That was because the ending didn't fucking just like shart and vomit and yeah, yeah. fucking. I mean, it had a different ending, which mouth. was kind of cool though. Yeah. It was a different, you know, I hadn't quite seen something quite like that before. The ending was cool because it's just yeah. kind of like they were never really here, literally. <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot you hadn't, hadn't seen it. Kind of on my rant still. Okay, you're good. You're good. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, anyway, fucking, I don't know. Watch ghost stories. Don't watch ghost stories. Don't finish it if you do watch it, because you'll just be pissed off because they're fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> or watch it just so you know what it feels like. Or yeah. if you're, sometimes if, watching bad movies is awesome. If you're a masochist, I mean, go for it. <laughs> I just it sucked, dude. The stories were so good, man. So I'm gonna ke- I'm gonna find good, gifts dude. of this movie that I can send you uh, every other day. Keith. Just call. I, just I feel the, I feel it's 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 so. It, it it pissed him off so much that even if you were to find us any Martin Freeman, one, it, it would it <laughs> Martin would, Freeman is now yeah ruined. it would give him yeah. the, the the flashbacks yeah I mean I can right. like if it's fine that he did Hobbit PTSD. that's your money maker like you can do whatever you want after that that's cool whatever it's not a great series of movies but that's whatever this movie I was like damn dude you chose to do this movie they must have offered you a fat paycheck or it's a good story and his was kind of a cool story. And then it ended like it ended, and you're just like, or it was like yeah, some sort of favor or something too, you know? Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. And now you can see Martin Freeman on Crackle, which he is on Crackle. Really? That's true. Crackle, Crackle original series. Oh God, what is he doing? What are you doing, Martin Freeman? I don't know. I think he's just like whatever. He was in Black Panther. Yeah, he was like, and what, I know one that Sherlock, that Sherlock series does really well. He was good in the Sherlock series. That's why I like him too, because he was really good in that. It's just who like, is he in Sherlock? He's fucking John Watson. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I can see it. But anyway, um, I guess I guess rant over. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's front. I the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, I'm gonna buy this movie. Right when it comes out, I'm about to oh, buy God, it. Oh God, that's oh man, I feel bad now. Oh, so it was brutal. that it was that good, and then it was just boom. It was good, dude. It was oh, the fucking God, first part of it shit. is what super a let good. Down. I really want to watch it. I really want to go to theaters and watch it. The thing it is, was, is I mean, Jacob will be laughing maniacally by the end of the at the end of the movie, and everybody's going to be like, "Why is this guy laughing so yeah, fucking exactly. maniacally at the end of this movie?" Was there anyone in the theater like laughing? Because I feel like some there people are might weird. just be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like Dude, type laughing. It was in the limelight, know? so like there was. I don't know, probably... Uh, a very respectful audience. Probably 10 of us, I would say. Well, that's a pretty and good showing. There was, like... For the limelight. There yeah, was yeah. some stuff where this guy behind us was kind of laughing, and there are people, like, who were caught off guard by the jump scares, which they're all very much telegraphed. Um, and, like, <laughs> there's some stuff where I kind of chuckled because it's kind of like, you know, huh, that's kind of yeah. weird, like, whatever. Um, you know, and... Yeah, I don't know. It's got a nice tone throughout. That's a nice thing, and it's just... It's just yeah, it's just dis- disappointment. It's what a letdown, man! You're a big horror guy, so I can imagine you were just like I, I was oh. jonesing for this movie, dude. When I saw it, 
in town, I was like, fuck yeah. I knew we were going like that week that I saw it. And it just. Uh, yeah. You got you got Owl Creeked. What you is got Owl? Owl? I don't know what that is. The uh, the occurrence on Owl Creek Bridge? The the original dream movie? Oh, the current under what did you say the current under owl the, creek bridge the the occurrence on owl creek bridge you, you guys know what that is no I, i've heard of it and I, I, but uh I, i've never watched it it's the one yeah. where he's like hanging from a noose and then he escapes from he like the noose drops down and he like it miraculously breaks in half and then he like swims away and he's getting shot by bullets but he's not getting hit at all and then he goes to his house and he can't seem to get to his house even though physically he should be able to but yeah. they cut oh. it in a way that he can't and then it cuts back and then it's like actually he's he's still on the noose and he imagined this whole thing <laughs> so uh, stupid. and he just dies really i mean it's a great little thing because because of what it does with the dream right i mean the first couple movies or the first like movie that did it is it's cool because because yeah. it was new because it's new but it's been done so much now and it's like it's like a trope that but it's, it's done like so anymore. well. It's done like so well early on, and nowadays it's just like a cheat. Yeah. Literally the worst trope in writing you could possibly put into your film, oh, into yeah. your anything. Like I, I don't know. I feel like there's another way to do it that someone's going to come up with that's going to blow everyone's socks off. No, and it obviously didn't happen. I disagree. For Keith, 100 in this this one, it, but I think there's a way you can do it. It will always be bad. It will always be stupid. I, no. That's not true. It will always be bad. <laughs> I disagree. It will always there's be no bad. way any there's no way everything will always be bad. There's always like a that good way. That one do thing something. will always be bad. Don't ever do it. Especially no if you're exceptions. a newer writer and you're like, dude, but people just haven't seen the way I've done it yet. I guarantee you no one's going to like it. I guarantee it. Maybe Jacob If you will, do it right, people will come to you. Oh, I know who would. The parents of the director. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I would sit down with my kid and I'd be like, you did good, buddy, but your ending is the worst thing ever. And you should be very, very disappointed with yourself. If it was your, (laughs) if it was your kid, you'd be like the first part, two out of five, second part, three out of five, last part. That's not even how I rated that movie. I was like the first two thirds was like five out of five. For for a minute there, you sound kind of like Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I always, I thought that was a chronic thing, but yeah. All right. I guess a minute's okay. So there was my time to rant. We're running long on this episode. Um, It's like 30 minutes of rant time right there. It was worth it though. I think it was worth it. I think it's a good little add on. I feel a little bit better. Not really that much better, but you know, still the fact that I had to (laughs) sit through that ending. Anyway. Life will go on. Yeah, yeah. Go see something. the play. Yeah, if they ever... I don't even know. Are they doing the play anymore? Probably not. Probably since the film might not be successful, probably not. But the problem is the film is people, kind of successful. People would be feel, uh, feel betrayed after watching the the play because they've seen the movie, and it's a different ending. So, oh, yeah. So if I was be- a, here's what I'd do. If I was a producer, <laughs> I'd be like, you guys, send me your next script. Love your movie. Bring it in here. Get them all super hyped up that I'm going to give them $50 million for their next movie. Oh, and oh, then no. just 
lay that script on the desk and just shit all over it and be like, get the fuck out of my office. I will <laughs> never give you money <laughs> and fucking... Pull your pants if down. If I ever see your face again, I will fucking ruin you so in like, this town. So, like, literally shit on it. No, literally, literally shit literally, on it. Literally, yeah. Pull your pants down. You know, I'd yeah. get them as excited as possible. Wait, what admit, if this it is wasn't how you actually, actually like a good script? It'd be even better because I'd be like, fuck you. And then I'd buy the rights to it and shut them out of the story and then make it myself. Because what if they what if they brought in directors too? Oh, what if they brought in that's Ghost hardcore. Stories 2? That is hardcore. That's that's what if, cool. What if, if they brought in Ghost that Stories cool. 2, I would yeah, just like but, subtitled like colon dream within a dream. <laughs> Inception Ghost Stories. Ghostception uh, stories. I don't know. Anyway, I just I want to just yeah. Don't make any more movies, please. You guys don't I'm going to print out some anything. some of these uh scripts and just give them to you for, for your birthday and shit <laughs> um, what, okay so last question what if they adapted ghost stories the movie as a stage play <laughs> and the movie ending burn down the theater because it's not going to be worth your time <laughs> uh, could, happen. could happen fucking fire these hack ass directors dude fucking fire them they don't know what they're doing uh, all right. So if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any of the past episodes, uh, which if you like any of those, please rate it five stars or four stars or whatever, because <clears throat> it will help others find us and help us grow. We want to grow. We want more listenership. We want more engagement. And you guys are the ones who can help us with that. Um... You can follow us on Letterboxd at JCFolds24 for Jacob and Hyperion Creator for me. Uh, Ghost Stories was like the only film that I actually... I had literally no idea how to put a star rating to it, so I just wrote a review. Um, and you can read that review <laughs> if you didn't get enough of me ranting. Uh, next week, we're it. changing it up entirely, and we will be continuing on with our War series, which we started back in episode 19. It was the first first one. Um, we're we're a coming of age podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, and it'll be way different than that one because that was. I mean, we've changed the podcast since then. Um, we were young and dumb, and now we're like old and hip, and still uh, dumb. Is that <laughs> old and hip? Those are the same thing. <laughs> Our hips are old. Um, Our hips are old. We're slowly dying. We've had a couple hip replacements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need a lobotomy after fucking ghost stories, too, to tell you. That's what I oh, need Oh, speaking of that, with. the whole lobotomy ending to movies like fucking Sucker Punch and shit, that's been done, too. Because that's almost like the same shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, Sucker Punch just isn't good. Just Visually, is, is there's some scenes and stuff that are great, but yeah, overall, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Guardians of Gahul is maybe a little bit better. If I saw a gift of, of Sucker Goku. Punch, I'd be like, it's, this is the coolest yeah, like this, thing ever. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a Zack Snyder movie. Oh, it's, okay. it's actually pretty yeah, oh. solid. Uh, so it's very Zack Snyder. Yeah, I feel like Zack Snyder movies are very Zack Snyder. It's all the, it's all the, it's all the cons of Zack Snyder in a movie. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> and, no, but I'm, ta- and I'm, ta- the I'm talking about Guardians. Guardians of Gahul. Wait, I thought that was, wait, I thought that was Peter Jackson. Is that, is that Zack Snyder? That's Zack Snyder, man. Oh, Weird. Directors always really? have that one yeah. weird movie that's like makes no sense in their filmography. Happy Feet. 
babe. I, dude, yeah. I'm not seeing this Guardians fucking... movie you're talking about. I think it's though, called Guardians of Galoo. Oh yeah, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls Legend of the Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah I okay. screwed it up. Guardians of right. the Owl Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so with this war series, we're going to be talking about Apocalypse Now and Hacksaw Ridge. Um, oh fuck, we're doing Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Oh so, no, we're doing it next episode. If you've, <laughs> if you, oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Worst dad joke ever. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you catch that? Are you kidding me, Jacob? All right. I'm muting you for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Chopping it up. All right. Wow. Wait, are we doing Apocalypse Now or Apocalypse Now Redux? Oh, good question. Redux. What's the difference? Redux. The Redux, Redux is like 30 minutes longer Redux. and there's this huge section. It's better. Let's do the Redux. It's better. Okay, we can do Redux. Yeah. I haven't seen I'm, the Redux. I'm fun. It's, it's yeah. good, man. So we'll be doing Apocalypse Now and Apocalypse Now Redux. I mean, you could really watch either yeah, one can, and be a part of the discussion. The viewers could do both. Um, it's really not... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Watch both of them. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, one. though, <laughs> if okay, if you, I mean, if you've been a listener, I've said probably said this before. Like Apocalypse Now is like my one of my favorite movies, if yeah, not my, one of my most favorite one of my movie. Top fifteen um, for sure. I've Top seen 10. both versions; they're both great. Redux is if you're really into the movie and really want some extra backstory, I guess. Um, but we'll be doing Apocalypse Now and Hacksaw Ridge, which is um, the Mel Gibson war movie with uh, Andrew Garfield. Right? Is that right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a solid movie. It's a good movie. Cool. Yeah. yeah so we'll be, and I haven't seen that one, so it'll be sick to, to talk about it. Um, so yeah, make sure you watch those films to be part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Have you seen uh, the Richard Linklater Apocalypse before? <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a whole series. God damn it, I get that. I actually, before Apocalypse. I actually get your fucking reference. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. I guess actually, think the beer is good. I'm man. actually disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> Those are apparently good movies though. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, never before seen before sun The before trilogy. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. before sunset. Yeah. yeah. The before. Before midnight. Well, at least this ending was better than last episode's ending. We, yeah, we, we didn't we, go that far. <laughs> what oh, we promised listeners we'd bring up the little mermaid. No. So there it is. <laughs> and let's just bring up the angel while we're at it. And you know, Angel, yeah. So I'm surprised we didn't with the Evangelion or whatever the shit. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Insert lap. Peace. Peace. <laughs>